Welcome to the Incentral Podcast Series. My name is Linda Graham, and I'm a Product Marketing Manager here at Insono, and I'll be your moderator today. We're going to dive into the topic of developing a mainframe modernization strategy. So joining me today to share their insight are Oliver Preslin, Vice President of the Consulting Portfolio for Insono, and Vince DeYoung, Mainframe Modernization Expert in the Advisory and Consulting Services Group at Insono. So welcome, Ollie and Vince. Thanks, Linda. Good to be here. Thank you. Before we get started with our discussion, could each of you share a bit about who you are and your background and your experience here at Insono and in the industry? Certainly. So as, as you mentioned, I'm responsible for Insono's global consulting portfolio, and that, that includes mainframe modernization, data center transformation, applications and, and data migration to the cloud, security services, so a whole, whole wide range of interesting services we engage with our clients around. But uh, my background, I guess, that's relevant to today is I've spent 25 years or so in the industry and I started as a COBOL Kicks DB2 programmer on a mainframe. And since then, I've seen the evolution of the platform and, and what clients are doing with the mainframe while I've been working across distributed systems, end-use computing, security, and all sorts of other areas. So really excited to talk today about what our clients are doing in the mainframe optimization and modernization space with you. Thanks a lot for that, Ollie. Now, Vince, can you also share some information about your background in the industry as well? Yes, certainly. So currently, I am in a uh, consulting post here at Insano, really focused on application modernization and specifically moving those applications from uh, legacy infrastructure to new modern infrastructures, including hosting and cloud, et cetera. Uh, but really go back about 25 years doing similar strategic consulting applications based on how specifically those applications can best serve the business. Great. Thanks, Vince. I appreciate that. So as we know, mainframe technology has been a mainstay for many years, and it still remains an important part of many organizations' IT strategy. So when we think in terms of mainframe modernization, what considerations are you hearing when you're having conversations with, with CIOs? Ollie, would you like to start with that? Yeah, it's become a really hot topic. Lots and lots of conversations over the last couple of years. I think we probably doubled the number of conversations we're having with client CIOs and um, people responsible for the mainframe tower and businesses. And, and they're looking at the mainframe from two angles, but the banner of mainframe modernization, they first often ask, well, okay, I'm talking to you and saying, so what does that mean to you? And, and what does it mean to my business? And we talk through both the concept of optimization and modernization. So a lot of organizations find themselves in one of kind of three or four different categories. And, and the main categories are the mainframe is an absolute workhorse and really important to my business. And my primary concerns are how do I drive down the cost of operating the mainframe? How do I keep the mainframe secure? How do I make sure that my applications on the mainframe are performing and meeting the business expectations of uh, how quick and responsive they are? Am I achieving my service levels? But on the flip side, how do I keep the platform modern, relevant to my business and enabling new things in, in, in the business with it? So a lot of clients are now wanting to have discussions about how do I get away from some of the legacy skills challenges where my COBOL developers potentially have, have retired, I may not have the performance expertise in my organization anymore, 
I might wish to eliminate some of that legacy application code, some of the legacy technologies, COBOL, Assembler, PL1, or my legacy data, which is currently stored in vSAM, IMS, IDMS, these types of legacy um, and often flat file database structures, and adopt more modern technologies on the mainframe platform, such as Java, uh, DB2 relational databases, maybe putting API interfaces in front of my mainframe to enable the rest of my developers and the rest of my IT estate to interact with the mainframe to access that that key business data, often the the critical systems of record that are sitting on the mainframe more effectively. So you end up in these conversations explaining that there's a, a full spread of opportunity to here to modernize on the platform and often off the platform too. Potentially some clients have workloads which they want to move off the platform. There might be a compelling business reason or a reason why that application is best placed on a, on a public cloud. But often it's a conversation therefore about how do you integrate that modern application and the new world in which many of the new business developments are being done with the mainframe platform to get really effective integration and and really good use of the data and the applications that are on the mainframe platform. It sounds like our clients have a myriad of reasons and a myriad of ways of looking at mainframe modernization. So it's kind of interesting to see the different directions that they're going. So let's shift gears a little bit to talk about what some other factors that might be coming into play. Vince, are there any recent industry developments or market conditions which might also be having an impact on mainframe modernization approaches? Yes, indeed. So um, looking generally at a typical IT shop, right, of course, for years they've had um, reductions in uh, skills from the standpoint of workforce retiring, not uh, a lot of new people coming into the market that understand the legacy languages uh, from an app dev app support discipline. They've also had more and more uh, pressure put on as far as the cost of legacy platforms. So there's been a lot of price raising by uh, key ISVs and others that are are in the ecosystem. Um, Those things aren't really that new. Um, That's been building over 10 years, but it's starting to get to a a crescendo. The second thing that has really uh, begun to change the market is the influence of the public cloud hyperscalers, right? They're looking at those legacy workloads very greedily and saying, hey, this can run in the cloud. And more so, these are the applications that the business is really running on. So the crown jewels and the public cloud providers really want um, a piece of that. So they're coming forward with a lot of renewed marketing approaches, new products, new services, new partnerships, right, to really push to gain control of those, those workloads and get them hosted in their cloud. And lastly, the other change with all of this going on is organizations now are forced to really go outside of IT from a technical conversation, but also focus in on those business outcomes. So if I was going to move an application to the cloud, um, aside from some potential cost savings, what, what is in it? for the business? Do I have a different outcome, a better outcome, more business flexibility, new products, new competitiveness I can offer and so forth? So all of those drivers are forcing a new competitiveness and a renewed focus on looking at this area. 
Yeah, it's really interesting to think about the um, the business side of it as well as the technical side of it when you're thinking about mainframes. So to kind of continue that line of thought, do these challenges vary by industry? And if so, could you provide a few examples of that? Certainly. A lot of the, the broad challenges really would apply to uh, most industries, as we just talked about. But to go into some specifics, you'll have, say, for instance, looking in the financial industry, specifically insurance. I can give you one example where a client uh, said in our current process, which was backed up um, with the IT solution, it takes us 30 days to write somebody a new insurance policy, right, from the time they sign the application through final approval and billing. And within those 30 days, a lot of clients were walking away. They would say, oh, I'm going to use the money for something else or I've changed my mind. So um, in one modernization example, we shrunk that business process um, in the IT solution, uh, basically cut it in two thirds. So those folks that were walking away indeed became clients of the company, and that resulted in $15 million more a quarter in revenue, yet it only cost them $2 million to modernize that application. Um, and that's a great example of business outcomes driving IT. It's not all about IT cost savings and technology outcomes, right? It's what you can provide. Government's another great area, right? Can I provide my constituents a better, faster, cheaper application. So if you look at when the pandemic came and all of the um, state unemployment offices were slammed and their IT systems, their people systems, their phone systems couldn't handle all of the requests they were getting. So in one Midwestern state, right, we were able to create a new better, faster, cheaper IT system through modernization on a platform that could indeed flex and scale to those to those bubbles, in this case, uh, to serve a disaster. Healthcare is another great area where they're looking at innovative new ways to use IT, say, for instance, home health care, telemedicine, and their back-end legacy systems that are still doing the billing and, and a lot of the core uh, back business processes, right? How does that all interface and work with? So there's a lot of different solutions and different ways that organizations are looking toward modernization. But again, to my point, it's not just IT. It's those, it's really the focus on those business outcomes. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of emphasis of the clients looking to what's going to serve their customers better too. And so these are some ways that can help do that through a mainframe modernization strategy and some changes. So now I'm thinking of a few other things, such as recent advances in automation, architectural approaches, and tools that will enable better, faster, cheaper techniques. So, Ollie, what are your thoughts on how these aspects might be having an effect as well? A lot of people who are less familiar with the mainframe tend to think of it as a legacy technology, but actually IBM's continual investment in, in the mainframe over the years has made it as capable as pretty much any other platform in terms of some of the modern techniques that you might apply in automation, code release, code development, etc. And so we've seen a lot of um, advances in the automation space around the mainframe platform with clients who are looking to embrace the kind of DevOps 
development and integration and release that they've been doing on more modern platforms and the, the platforms that have been released in more recent years and take those techniques and roll them out across the mainframe platform too. We've seen a lot of automation in terms of operations and being able to run the platform more efficiently as well using things like Ansible, uh, tools that have evolved in the distributed and cloud worlds being now ported and integrated into the mainframe. But a lot of clients will find their, their organization is going to be in this hybrid state for a long while where the mainframe is still that workhorse underpinning a lot of the transactions at the heart of their business. But they have a lot of systems out there that are engaging with customers, providing new client experiences that need to integrate better with it. So I mentioned briefly APIs earlier, but we have a number of clients now who are looking at how do they put interfaces in front of their mainframe that let those other systems interact with it in the ways that they're more familiar with without needing mainframe skills. Simple REST API interfaces, having a view of the data that's on the mainframe in these kind of legacy or flat file or hierarchical storage, that's much more simple, much, much more of a business context of the data that they can interact with. And then of course, security has become a hotter topic on the mainframe in the last couple of years. Previously, a lot of people thought the mainframe was bulletproof. You don't need to worry so much about it. I'm going to worry about my end user computing, my distributed and cloud systems because they're much more exposed. But actually, as, as more focus has become on the importance of the data on the mainframe with concerns such as ransomware, not just applying to kind of end users desktops and those sorts of things, people are thinking much more uh, strongly and securely about is my mainframe configured as securely as it could be? How do I ensure that and give confidence to those in my organization responsible for the integrity of our, our business? And, and so security has become a hot topic where we spend a lot of time talking to clients too. And I mentioned earlier performance capacity. And as people think about how they architect their applications, maybe moving from monolithic to a more microservices or, or segmented view of the application, concerns such as performance capacity become a different challenge in those new architectures and need to be considered on and off the mainframe too. So wide variety of conversations around automation, modernization, and embracing the kind of tools and techniques that have appeared off the mainframe platform back onto the mainframe platform. Great, thanks, Ollie. So Vince, what about application modernization approaches? What are your thoughts on that? Lots of new choices out there, a lot of uh, new software tools and techniques driven by AI and ML. Um, but I wanted to go back to something my, my colleague just mentioned, and that is that you do not necessarily need to abandon uh, from an infrastructure standpoint, your legacy uh, platform. So the mainframe will be around for many years to come. So the more modern thinking now, especially the mainframes running high transaction workloads, you know, think of a, think of a large bank that's maybe processing 7,000 transactions a second, that, that sort of thing. And to really move those types of workloads to another disposition, you know, could be uh, not worth the risk. That that said, to embrace some of the new DevOps technologies and to free your data um, off of those platforms for use in your, your modern data lakes, that sort of thing. Think about ways to bring the mainframe into the cloud or the cloud closer to the mainframe. And that's certainly something we deal with every day. Now, that said, you will have a variety of applications that, quite frankly, 
because of business drivers or cost drivers are begging to leave the platform, right? That should be moved to cloud. And a lot of different uh, techniques to do that. There's everything from rehosting to one-for-one code transformation, to re-architecture, to even rewriting part of the applications to run a new environment more efficiently. And what does that application provide the business? What does it do in terms of creating revenue, saving revenue, driving that core business? And so we put a whole set of analysis into what is that application actually worth? Is it making the business $10 million a year or is it costing the business and my competitor maybe has leapfrogged the way that my applications work, uh, especially on say a customer level. So then taking that along with the IT technical remediations and putting that into a consumable financial roadmap is key. Generally speaking, most organizations do not want and cannot afford a big bang approach. So the idea is take a look at my workload, cut that up in logical ways. I don't just want an IT strategy, but I also want that to uh, meet business goals and a business strategy. And then with both of those wrapped together, I need a value milestone or a win every month, every quarter, certainly every budget cycle. And Taking those business drivers, contrasting them with the current IT environment, including the mainframe, and then putting that together in a decision matrix, including that investment tolerance, is very key. So again, as we've mentioned, the business drivers are just as important as what you're going to choose for your technology answer. So it's it's great to see how those kind of all work together. So now let's talk about the key success considerations that a client might want to look at. So now a client has decided to do an assessment. The two reasons that most modernization programs fail are number one, they were say primarily just led by IT and IT didn't understand all of the business and organizational value and those value milestones that I mentioned earlier, right? They just looked at it as uh, it's an IT project, I'm moving platforms or I'm transforming code and they never updated the business. There was no thought given to say change management, you know, does my users Uh, need to be retrained on a new UI? Do my clients interact with me different? Things like that. But aside from those things that can be managed, even if they blow up a little bit, you can save yourself from them. The one thing that can't be managed if you're too far down the pipe is I've invested a lot of money already and I haven't gotten those returns. So we see a lot of projects just being abandoned end of year one, beginning of year two, right? Because the business is very impatient. So then the whole program is shelved. The second reason is really more uh, of an IT reason, which is most organizations have a religion within them. You'll have people that absolutely love the mainframe and say, we should never leave this for a variety of reasons. You'll have other people that say, why aren't we running everything in cloud? Why don't we have a data center? Well, Your assessment should really start to answer those questions from an application services standpoint. And one of the other reasons for failure and also an opportunity to win here is 
paying a lot of attention up front in the assessment in phase zero, if you will, as to what that future state is going to look like, how it's going to perform, and more importantly, how much it's going to cost. And so the paying a lot of attention to the integration of your, your various future disposition is, is huge. That could be staying on the mainframe for a period of time and pulling off the data. That could be moving everything to public cloud. It could be hybrid cloud. It could be uh, private cloud. It could be on-prem high-performance computing, right? And everybody's going to have an opinion on that. But for us in the assessment, we really want to say, what's the best disposition for that workload? And from there, once you have that goal, you can figure out your various paths to modernization. I mentioned everything from re-architecture and re-hosting and re-platforming and all of these buzzwords out there. What's best for me? Well, it's not what's best for you. It's what's best for that application from a business and IT manageability and TCO standpoint. And then once you kind of have that modernization set of tooling, and I, I would tell you that you're going to have to use multiple uh, tools and multiple approaches to serve a multitude of applications, right? In other words, you can't paint every solution with one paintbrush. You're going to need multiple colors. You then have to start to figure out, okay, if this is where I'm going, let's say it's hybrid cloud and we have a complement of vendor partners in that as an organization, we really need to start to draw out what that total cost of ownership looks like three, four years from now. So for the clients that are going to go ahead and embark on this journey, what do they need to look for in an outside expert to help them with this work? Ali, could you give us some thoughts on that? Yeah, I think Vince explained really well some of the key factors here, uh, that it's got to be absolutely kind of an application-centric and business drivers and total cost of ownership view that emerges from that assessment that leads to technical you know, optimize paths forward. Where are you going to take the application? What level of transformation are you going to do? But you also need to understand the timeline. These these programs are inherently complex and you are unlikely to do a big bang of your entire mainframe. So application workloads are going to be prioritized to take different routes forward. And therefore, embarking in those early stage conversations, the assessments, the business case, etc., you want to find a, a partner who can offer you all the different paths forward, understands all those different paths forward. And that means not too early in the project, picking kind of one horse, one answer as to how to transform mainframe applications and therefore one tool set and, and kind of one approach. You really do want that independent view at the assessment stage to help you make the right decisions. And then you're going to need flexibility. Now, as I mentioned, the timelines of these projects can be significant. You know, it's often a minimum of a year to make a, a transformation. It can be a multi-year program. And therefore, depending on what your drivers are, different kinds of flexibility might be required. If one of the key components of the timeline the business has set is the desire to close down data centers within a particular time frame before renewal of leases and, and other contracts come up, then often you might need a staged a stepping stone to get from uh, your, your own data center day with the ability to close it by a certain date. You might actually want to pick your mainframe workload up and move it to a mainframe as a service, so essentially a mainframe cloud platform with a service provider where 
as you move workloads from it or as you modernize them on it, you're you're consolidating and, and reducing your workload, but you've managed to close the data center on the date you needed to get it done. It just gives you that flexibility to accommodate timeline challenges. The other thing is working with a partner who's kind of independent of the kind of the platform choice that you may or may not choose to end up on, the paths and the the tool sets that take you forward. And you want to find somebody who can bring all of those different options to the table, understands them both commercially, technically, and and spends that time to look at your applications and look at your business case with you and, and really make those correct choices that are going to take you forward to where you want to get to. So we're well recognized as a leader in this space. Vince, can you talk about some of the reasons that a client might choose Insono as their partner in their mainframe modernization project? Sure, absolutely. So the first large reason is if you look at Ensono's core business, which is uh, legacy hosting, I mean, we host hundreds of mainframes, iSeries boxes, etc. The point being there is we're in the ecosystem. We know where you are today, how it works today. And that gives us the best foundation uh, to move forward with whatever that modernization program may look like. And as Ali and I have both been chatting about, the big second reason why you would want to look at us is really the independent analysis. We're not a one-trick solution shop, right? We use a multitude of internal tools and IP that we own, but we also have key partnerships outside of the company with the goal of serving that application and ultimately our clients with the best solution going forward. We're not married to any one path or remediation. It's really the ability to look at the entire industry and put together that roadmap technically, financially, and also serve those uh, those key business drivers. And the ability to be very honest and upfront with all of those considerations early on in that first assessment or first look has really been key to our success. And I'd, I'd just add to what Vince has said there, you know, whilst that expertise with over 100 clients in what people would consider kind of the legacy of the long in the tooth platforms is there. The other half of our business is cloud centric with AWS, Azure, Google Cloud, and all the options that a client might might end up choosing to head towards and therefore need somebody who understands both the old and the new, the ability to deploy all the smarts of the new, make that transformation happen to get them where they want to be. So now we're reaching the conclusion of our podcast. I want to give a great big thank you to both of our speakers today, Oliver Preslin and Vince DeYoung. Appreciate you guys being on. And thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and ideas on how to define a mainframe modernization strategy. Thanks, Linda. Thanks, Vince. Been a pleasure. Thank you. And I also want to thank you, the audience, for joining us on the podcast. I hope you found this content informative and that you'll check out the other Insono podcasts as well. So we'll see you next time. Thanks again. Thank you for listening, and we hope it was time well invested. If you've enjoyed hearing from us today, please subscribe to our channel through your app of choice. In the meantime, we look forward to sharing more challenging ideas with you in the next episode of the Insono Tech Corner podcast.